On today's episode, we talk about the youngest person elected to public office in Kentucky. We go over how Warner Media plans to make the DCU just as popular as the MCU, and Joe Rogan and Jordan Peterson talk superhero movies. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to Socially Sensitive Podcast. This is Socially Solo episode 99. Today's Saturday, November 12th, 2022. Today's National Days is National Pizza with the Works Except Anchovies Day. Seems a little specific. Um, today is also National Chicken Soup for the Soul Day. Bitcoin. Bitcoin was at $16,837. It's down 2.5% from yesterday. Bitcoin's had a pretty bit of a roller coaster ride this week. It was at uh, 21000 last week. Then crashed down to 15,700 Wednesday, and then back up to 18,000 on Thursday, then back down in the 16s yesterday, and that's pretty much where it's been floating since. We'll see where it goes tomorrow. Kentucky had its youngest person elected to office this week, uh, 16-year-old Logan Sizemore. He's a sophomore at Leslie County High School. He was elected to office on Tuesday as a Leslie County Soil and Water Conservation Officer. Sizemore said that he wanted to run because of his love for agriculture. Uh, He enjoys growing his garden. He said, uh, this year, because of the flood, I was delivering for other people, trying to make sure other people's needs were uh, more important than what I was growing. And uh, I imagine no matter what your age, running for office can be a little scary especially if you're a a teenager. He said, uh, I was kind of afraid of how people would feel about a 16-year-old running for a political office. His community and his parents backed him uh, throughout the whole campaign, though. So he said they knew that if I wanted to do something that wholeheartedly, I wanted to do it. Um, There's no age requirement to run for the Soil and Water Conservation Office. So a spokesperson for the Secretary Secretary of State confirmed that uh, Sizemore is the youngest person in the state to hold an elected position. Warner Brothers reveals um, a new ambitious eight-year plan for uh, their new DC superhero universe. You know, they're, they've changed the name to the DCU. So they're set to, uh, you know, unleash, unleash the new uh, era of the DC Studios. They have the new two uh, co-CEOs, James Gunn and Peter Safran. Um, you know, they're leading the way. And recently the studio teased what their plans for the future look like. They said this will allow them to develop what they hope will be a cohesive and coherent DCU of movies, shows, and more as the company takes inspiration from its most direct competition, the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, I always think it's it's never a good thing to just copy. You, know, you need to uh, be a little more creative and, uh, I don't know, just just copying your competition, to me, just seems to never work out very well. Um, the first signs of what they uh, what their plan was, was, you know, because they just released Black Adam. So that's one of the first beginning, I guess, so far in this cohesive M- or DCU. And uh, so they plan you know, four new movies next year in 2023. And after that, uh, I guess the slate 
is uh, completely wide open, completely clean. In uh, one of their first public appearances since taking their positions, the, the two new uh, co-CEOs talked about what's in the works. They said they plan, you know, to create a cohesive DC universe that combines all the movies, the animation, video games, the, all the worlds together into one streamlined narrative, noting that uh, they'll be telling uh, one great overarching story across, you know, various mediums. Um, I guess with ambitious plans like that, I, I really hope that they can uh, create this unified DCU because uh, they, they've got that depth of some, you know, pretty amazing characters. If now they can just uh, only tell some great stories with them. I remember back when Jordan Peterson was on the Joe Rogan podcast, they talked about uh, why superhero movies are so popular today. Um, here's that clip. I'm, I'm asking because uh, I feel like that's a, that is a gigantic theme today, that men searching for some sort of reason or some sort of, uh, 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 I guess, without, use, without a better word, path, some sort of path. I mean, it seems to be very, very prevalent today in almost uh, all, all walks of life. Men feel disenfranchised with this world that they find themselves stuck in. Well, there's a reason that superhero movies are so popular. You know, that's polytheism. That's the return of polytheism for all intents and purposes. I mean, what the hell are those things? They're demigods, obviously. Right. One of them's Thor, for God's sake. I mean, <laughs> how more obvious could it be? Right. You know, and so you might say, well, who's the leader of the demigods? Because that's the person you really want to follow, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, the evolutionary answer to that is, well, the evolutionary answer to that, as far as the Christian route went, was Christ. But there's been lots of embodiments of that. For the Mesopotamians, it was Marduk. Marduk was the savior figure. He had eyes all the way around his head, and he spoke magic words. That was his fun, that's what made him different from all the other gods. And he was elected by other, all the other gods to be their king. And then he went out and fought Tiamat, who's a great dragon, and made the world out of her pieces. One of his names was, he who makes ingenious things out of the combat with Tiamat. Well, that's what human beings do, is they go out into the unknown, into chaos, and they make ingenious things out of it. That's what we do. And so that, he's the found, Marduk was the founder of, of, of Mesopotamian civilization. And you could think about all those tribes came together to make Mesopotamia. They all had a god. And so then those gods went to war. And out of that war of gods, a, a metagod emerged. That was Marduk. And Marduk is one of the sources for the figure of Christ. That happened all over the place. Like... You see the admirable man, then you see ten admirable men, and you think, wow, those guys have something in common. That's what you remember about them, you see? You remember the heroic things they've done, because they stick in your memory, because they fit the pattern. And then you start telling the story about the heroic things that a bunch of them did. It all amalgamates together. And then you come out with your culture hero, your god. Then there's like 50 tribes, they each have their own gods. Well, what are you going to do then? The gods go to war over centuries. And then they elect a new god, Marduk, in, in the case of the Mesopotamians. And he's the thing that goes out and fights the dragon of chaos and makes the world. It's like, yeah, that's exactly what he is. You do that with truth. Because truth introduces you to chaos. Why do you think, though, it's a, so much of an issue with males as opposed to females in our society? Maybe females already have enough to do. Like, <laughs> may, really, really. Like, maybe, maybe men have to take this on voluntarily. 
That's what it looks like to me. Because, like, you can, you can screw around till you're 50. You can still have a family. You got time. Mm. And, and you can sit down and do nothing if you want. You can do it. So, but you shouldn't, because it's, it's horrible to do that. And people who do it know it. Like, it's, it's meaningless. It's, well, it's a funny thing about meaninglessness. There's, there's no such thing. When people say their lives aren't me are meaningless, that isn't what they mean. They mean, I'm in pain and anxious all the time. That's what they mean. Those are meanings, man. You don't get neutral. You know, I'm just sitting around, I'm not feeling anything. It's like, no, right. no one does. Sorry, that. that doesn't happen. Right. So when you, you say do nothing, that your life is meaningless if you're doing nothing, yeah. what, do, what do you mean by doing nothing? Well, by not accepting any responsibility, by not lifting a great load, by not acting out the archetype of the hero. That's what people are. That's what men are. If they're anything, they're mythological so, heroes. If they're anything. Through some path, whatever it be. There's lots of paths. I mean, so look, there's an old medieval idea. This is the idea of the imitation of Christ. This is something that Jung elaborates on a lot. He, he believed, this is one of the things that he said, was that you're, you're the, the proper goal of a Christian, roughly speaking, is to enact the, the meta-pattern of Christ's life in their own, to make it their own story. And so, what did he mean by that? Well, part of it is, see, one of the things that characterizes the mythological figure of Christ, let's say, is that he takes on the burden of mortality voluntarily. He accepts it as a precondition of existence. And we have to do that because otherwise we get resentful. Like, life is hard, make no mistake about it. People's lives are tragic. You know, if you pick a random person off the street and you ask them about their life, man, usually there's things that have happened there. You know, they just beggar the imagination. It's no wonder people are angry and resentful and bitter. But the way out of that is to accept it. To accept your mortality. And that helps you transcend it. That's partly what the crucifix symbol means, because it was, it was, it was accepted voluntarily. You have to accept your death voluntarily. That's part of the path of the hero. It's a very difficult thing to do, obviously, obviously. What's your alternative? Oh, well, that's all we have today. Just want to thank everybody for listening. And if this is your first time, go ahead and subscribe to the show so you don't miss out on any future episodes. And, you know, we just, we just can't express our appreciation enough as to how grateful we are that uh, you're listening. Um, so while you're there, leave us a comment and review. You know, let us know what you think. We, uh, we really uh, enjoy your feedback. And you can do that on, you know, whichever app you're listening to us on. Because um, we're available on all of them. Anchor, Apple, all of them. Google, Amazon. We release, uh, you know, the full podcast every week. And we release the Socially Solo episodes every morning. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Have an amazing rest of your day. See you tomorrow. Bye. If you haven't already, subscribe to Socially Sensitive on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. And while you're there, leave a review and a five-star rating. You can also find us on Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and all social media platforms by searching the tag at Socially Sensitive. Also, check out our website, sociallysensitive.com, and grab some officially licensed products.